Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. If you're looking for a solid and reliable contract that you can feel good about sending to your clients, look no further than the WVS contract, crafted by a licensed attorney in the state of Colorado. It might just be the best contract for wedding videographers in all of North America, or even maybe the world. Uh, hard to know. Regardless, if you're unsure of whether the contract you're using right now is good enough, go to WeddingVideographySchool.com right now, enter the password podcast, and start protecting yourself and your business today. Hey guys, Michael here with Wedding Videography School. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And we love you for it. everyone this is michael bad boy of wedding videography over here adam to the b radley over there how's it going man yeah hey man going good going great how are you oh it's been one of those weeks man i'm not gonna lie uh feels like the world is crashing down around me with uh clients that are now starting to actually cancel their weddings and trying to get refunds out of me and all that stuff so i'm dealing with uh all of that, man. It's uh, it's no, it's no bueno, no good, no fun. What yeah, are you up to? Be tough. It can be tough times these days to be a small business owner, especially in the wedding world. So, but yeah, man. Like I texted you earlier, I said, uh, you know, today's been a good day. I got five continuous hours of sleep last night, thanks to my newborn. So, uh, well, technically she's five months old, so not a new newborn, but uh, yeah, five hours, man, will make it. Will take you, take you the distance. So I'm feeling good today. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, awesome, man. So we had this story uh, pop up here in Colorado on the news. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and play this clip right now, and then you can tell me what you think. All right, Mary, thank you. New tonight at 6 o'clock. A follow-up to our story about the man who was held to his contract and refused a refund for a wedding deposit. His Colorado Springs bride died unexpectedly at a car crash long before the big day, and the story has now shifted to the owner behind the company. Cardio has learned there's now a pending investigation into him and his questionable business dealings across the country. News Channel 13's Julia Dedeman tells us what she uncovered. Thousands of people have joined the online backlash, including former clients and contracted employees who claim their money was stolen by Copper Stallion Media and the man they say is behind the company, Jesse J. Clark. Around 30 people reached out to KRDO from Colorado, California, Massachusetts, Texas, and Nevada. The couple say they never received a wedding video. You can't go back and recreate footage. It's irreplaceable. And the photographers claim they never got paid. I did nine or ten weddings for them and they've only paid me for four or five. The Nevada Consumer Affairs Office confirms they are investigating Jesse J. Clark but wouldn't give us any details. They tell us if they find any criminal wrongdoing they'll turn over their findings to the Nevada Attorney General. In 2013, Clark was sued by the Massachusetts Attorney General for taking money from over 100 couples and never delivering their videos. The AG's office said it was never able to collect the $500,000 in judgments from the case before Jesse Clark left the state. Massachusetts lawyer Nick Fry, who filed separate lawsuits, says Clark owes his clients an additional $100,000 for not delivering services they paid for. As soon as the heat kind of gets on him in one place, he moves to another place, changes the business name, and just keeps doing it. 
People who call themselves Jesse's victims tell me they've been pushing for legal action for years. A lot of false hopes and then only just to be let down again. I don't think he'll ever stop on his own. He's just going to start a new one and a new one. On Wednesday, the popular wedding planning website, The Knot, where Justin found the company, told me it's recently discovered the man behind the Copper Stallion page was Jesse J. Clark, but he was using a fake name. So a spokesperson tells us they've taken his page down. The site is one of a few where an online feud between Copper Stallion and Justin Motney has erupted over the last week after the company refused to give him a refund, saying he signed a contract which states the deposit is non-refundable. Copper Stallion later made a website called JustinMotney.com defending itself and posting this message on its company Facebook page saying, quote, After what Justin pulled with the media stunt to try and shake us down for a refund, we hope you sob and cry all day for what would have been your wedding day. Now, we've reached out to Copper Stallion Media directly numerous times since last week, but have not gotten a response. The Colorado Attorney General's office told us it has no comment on Jesse J. Clark. Live in the newsroom, Julia Donovan, KRDO News Channel 13. This story just continues to leave me speechless. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, man. So I'm curious to just right out of the gate what your, what your thoughts are on this. Yeah, dude, you're, you're bold starting off a podcast this way. I mean, right off the bat, controversy. So, I mean, is it, it's not really, it's hard because it's like, does this guy even exist? Like they were saying, like, we can't get a hold of him. We can't find any records to show he's even a business. He's based yeah. out of Texas. I mean, where do you even begin with this thing? You know, it's funny because from what I could gather, and I, I read a couple articles about this as well. Um, by the way, that clip was from News Channel 13, which is the station I used to work at for six years. Um, <laughs> nice. So shout out to those guys. But yeah, I uh, when I first heard about this, I thought, uh, this doesn't sound like something that a real wedding videographer would do. Yeah. And through me reading some other things about this person, it sounds like this is the same... It might be the same guy who has pretty much like duped a ton of people out of money, like never delivered a video to them, um, hired videographers to go like shoot and basically, but with like no intention of ever paying those videographers, never intention of ever delivering the video. So yeah. to me, it's like, I think these people were going to get scammed no matter what in dealing with this guy. Um, but I, yeah, I guess... So this particular situation, I'm kind of like, whatever, like this guy's obviously not a real wedding videographer. Um, so it's like kind of bumming me out that people keep referring to this guy as a wedding videographer when he's really not. He's just a, he's just a con artist, right? Posing as a videographer. Um, yeah. So, but I'm, I'm curious as to what you think, right? Because, you know, we're, we're in the age of coronavirus where I'm dealing with people who want refunds, even though the contract says no refunds and... You know, there's part of this story where, uh, you know, they offered this guy offers to shoot the wedding at a later date, Um, which I mean, I get it. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. And I personally, given this situation, I'm the kind of person that would just refund the couple. I'm curious as to your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got a lot of different things going on in my brain right now. So I'll try to kind of, you know, lay it all out. But I think, I think, first of all, I think you're right. I think, you know, anyone in the wedding business is going to deal with some type of, you know, um, business that doesn't really exist or con artists, if you want to call them, whether it be video, photo, 
uh, flowers, catering. I mean, there's just, there's all these different type of fake vendors out there that are going after couples. And so I think it's always worth considering. I mean, I, I've always thought that, you know, referrals is one of the best way to, to find other vendors. And I still think this just kind of validates that it's like, if you've worked with somebody, you know, they're reputable, they've got a good company, they've got, you know, people are talking about them. It's pretty, pretty well known that they're going to be legit and they're not going to go about these things, hopefully. So, so that was kind of like one thought, but as far as like going at this, man, it's just, it really is a tricky challenge. I think for a lot of people, because you don't know both sides of the stories, right? Media only shows one side of the story. And so I don't know. So assuming that this guy is legit and this is a real story and there was a contract involved or something, I think that you know, I try to always go back to the paperwork. You know, first I kind of start there. Um, you know, what does the contract say? What do both couples agree? Obviously, there's a lot of unknowns just because COVID was a very unknown situation. But I think going back to the contract is always kind of the first step. But on top of that, man, like everything we do is so um, customer service based on how we treat couples, how we treat people, how we treat other vendors. And so I think. I think if you're in the long-term game and you don't want to get blasted on the news like this, I think you got to come at it from a more humane approach and kind of looking at, you know, the situation more on a case by case basis. So, yeah. And this is something I've always kind of thought about because I, well, one is because you, you actually had a client, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, maybe I'm thinking of someone else who, after the wedding, they actually passed away. And so I, I feel like you might have had to deal with some of this kind of um, what do you do when a client passes away stuff. But I always used to think about that, man. Like, like what if one of my clients died before I was able to edit the video or something? Um, you hear stories about, you know, people being killed like <laughs> on the wedding day or after the wedding day, like shortly after. And I'm like, oh, man, what if that were me? And um <laughs> you know what that was my client and i always just kind of think eh, i i would just do whatever i could to make that situation as easy and as bearable as possible for yeah. for the people involved even if that meant me taking a loss so yeah um, well, I, th- I think the number one thing you should not do, which it sounds like this guy is doing, is you know disappear and not communicate. And I know, you know, it's it's easy to get bombarded with with stuff and situations, but when you're running your own business, man, you gotta be you gotta be the first one to communicate. You gotta be the first one to kind of go at that and respond to emails. And so it's a lot of these unknowns that create these stories where you just don't really know the situation. So I think communication and being honest is always kind of the first step in going about handling any of this stuff. Um, but yeah, you were right. Like with the situation where my, where my couple, the groom had passed away, like, you know, I just tried to be very sensitive. Like I didn't, I didn't hide. I didn't shy away. You know, I, I called within a week and just kind of obviously expressed my condolences and just said, what do you want me to do? Um, and then we kind of revisit it later. But I think had I disappeared for months and months and months, it would have been a very different situation. But, you know, try to communicate, talk to your couples like they're real people, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this kind of leads me into the next topic that I wanted to get into, which is all about me. <laughs> <laughs> there is no better topic out there to talk about, though, right? You know, I don't like to talk about myself, Adam. But uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, no, so I've got I, I uh, <laughs> I've got clients that are now like coming at me saying, hey, we're canceling our wedding. Let's talk about refunds or whatever. 
And my contract clearly states that there's no refunds no matter what, even if you die. It doesn't specifically say even if you die. And obviously, right. in that kind of circumstance, I, I would, like I said previously, I would work to... I would probably just give a refund. But I'm curious as to what you think about refunds during coronavirus. Yeah. What well, is your approach? Do you feel like... I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but let me clarify. Do you feel like 50% refund on deposits? Do you feel like uh, no refunds on deposits? I mean, what? how would you approach this? Yeah, well, I think the number one fear that comes with a lot of these situations for you know us us videographers is is the legal approach. So you you know start to think like what's what happens if I respond this way? What are they going to do? Will they will they go at me legally? Will they hire a lawyer? Will you know will they try to take me to small courts? Uh, you know and try to go that approach. And so I think again going back to your contract so that you know exactly where you stand. You know worst case scenario. So in your situation. If they were, let's say one of their family members is a lawyer and they just want to go attack you, like right off the bat, you know legally what is what is rightfully yours, which is which is no refund. So I think you kind of start there and kind of eliminate the fear. And then from there, you just kind of operate on a good customer service basis and figuring out how do you want to handle the situation as, as a small business owner. So I think you should look at you know, how are your funds looking for the year? Could you even offer them a full thing? Um, you know, but also like try to get creative. I had a situation where a couple, you know, a few years ago they broke up. And so it was kind of a similar, so they canceled the wedding. And, you know, I was in a situation where I couldn't offer the full thing, but I could transfer them to, she had a bridesmaid who was getting married within a year. And so I was able to kind of get creative and they put their deposit down and then her bridesmaid paid the other 50%. So I think there are some creative solutions, but for this specific thing that you're dealing with, I think you got to take it on a case by case basis. You got to realize you're a small business owner. You got to look at your family. You got to look at your income as well, but then also be a human being and look at their situation too, and maybe come up with some agreement, um, you know, maybe have that conversation and just kind of see where they're at and kind of go from there. I don't think it's a very black and white answer, I guess, is what I'm kind of getting around at too. I think, you know, because if you've got 10 cancellations, does that mean you you give 10 refunds and you're out, you know, $40,000, whatever that ends up being for you? I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money. And so. Yeah. And it's tricky because it's like on one hand, I think the things that's really tri- the trickiest part about it is we don't know when this is going to end necessarily. So yeah. it's not like I can look ahead and say, well, I can definitely refund, you know, the first five cancellations. Um, it, it It's like, because I want to treat all my clients equally, right? Like I don't want to say, well, this person gets a refund and this person doesn't for the same, and when they're canceling their wedding for the same exact reason. Um, yeah. And it's just at this point, I'd say it's just difficult to determine how long this will drag on and for what other reasons people will will cancel. You know, people might cancel because they don't want all their friends and family to have to wear a mask at the wedding or they right. might cancel because there's international travel bans going on. Right. So yeah. some people might not be able to get to the wedding. So they might have different reasons within the whole coronavirus situation that might impact each and every wedding separately at different times, no matter what the law, the current laws are, you know, regarding like, oh, well now a bunch of people can get gather, but hey, there's still a big ban on international travel, 
Like, like yeah. we just we just don't know all the variables, so it makes it very difficult to make these decisions. Um, yeah, I think my approach thus far has been to give fifty percent refunds to people, um, and that's simply because I don't feel that I've necessarily done the work right. Like, obviously, I didn't shoot the wedding. Um, I don't feel like I've earned the full deposit. So are you talking about you give away, you give back the first, like, so they give a 50% deposit to reserve the date. Correct. You give, you get back 50% of the 50%. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That's been so far. That's what I've been doing. I don't yeah. know how long, <laughs> how long I can sustain that for. Right. Cause I typically <clears throat> am prepared to refund people for, you know, f- five weddings a year or something. I could, I could make that work. But when we start to get into the 10 wedding a year territory, which is unheard of, um, that becomes very difficult. So I, yeah, this is like uncharted territory for me and I've been doing this for 10 years. So, yeah. Yeah. I I think if I was in your shoes and again, I just, I just feel so sorry for all the couples out there that do have to, you know, cancel for different reasons. But I would probably, you know, lean on trying to keep that 50%, you know, kind of similar to you and try to do the best you can and, you know, and try to come up creative because I know couples now are leaning more towards live streaming, you know, or even doing like uh, the couples that are canceling, they still want some type of video to tell their story. And so they might not be capturing just the wedding day, but they might, you might be able to do like a home day with them or after they go to the the courts and, you know, just sign the papers. And so if there's a way that I can still shoot, um, maybe not necessarily a wedding day, um, like an engagement style shoot or something for them later, I still want to do the work and I still want to get paid. So, and I think couples, they do realize like a lot of them, they're not just getting a wedding film. This is probably the once in a lifetime where they are going to get professionally captured on a video that's going to capture this time in their life. Um, so that they can show back later. So I think people could be open to doing like an elopement style thing. Um, you know, even if it's just like a faux setup or get your wedding dress back on cause they probably already have the wedding dress. Um, so I would encourage other videographers out there just to think creatively and try to do the work because you got to get paid. Couples want a video, um, but you just might have to be more creative in how, what that looks like now more than ever. Yeah. And I will say, you know, the silver lining to this is that I have had a couple clients who have basically postponed till 2021. And they've said, um, hey, listen, we're moving the wedding date. We still want you to be there. And but on the date, you know, that we were going to get married, we're going to do an elopement. Would you be open to coming and shooting that as well? And so then I get to send them a quote for the elopement. So I will say that is a little bit of a silver lining. I'm still going to you know, hemorrhage more money than I'm going to bring in most likely this year. But um, that's uh, also an option for people who are, who are postponing. O- offer your couples that are postponing um, you know, a, a reduced kind of elopement style video as well that they can do on the original date. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think couples, 
Well, I'm sorry. I think more more so videographers, just like I said, have to kind of rely back on what their contract says because that's always kind of a good way to start and kind of eliminate the fear. Um, but then the rest of how you handle situations, I think just speaks volumes of, of who you are as a person, but also as a company because how you handle these situations other vendors are going to listen. They're going to hear about how you handled that, whether it be, you know, good or bad. And I think, I think you got to play the long-term game. Um, and I think you got to realize that you're part of a, a part of a, a small niche. The wedding community in most people's areas is pretty small. And so if you're treating couples bad left and right, especially through this situation, your people are going to hear about it. They're going to talk and you might lose out work in the future. So, um, you know, what's interesting is I, I just, I, I should be one of those people that's like, look at the contract. What does the contract say? Uh, but I'm just, I don't know what it is, man. I've always been kind of like a people pleaser. And I I don't know. I'm a sensitive guy, Adam. You know me. <laughs> so I, I well, do start to feel really bad for people. And yeah. it's been, I would say this has been one of the biggest challenges I've faced so far in my business is, okay, at some point, I'm going to have to like be firm about the contract, even though I don't like what my own contract says. I mean, I like it in the sense of yeah. like it protects me, but I hate it in the sense of it just doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bring this up because I think there are, I think there are a lot of beginning videographers out there that go, like I've heard of guys that go years, you know, like two to three years without even having anything. And so without even having anything like that, like that's a very scary spot to be because, you know, it's a wild, wild west out there. Anything could happen. And I would just hate for people to, um, you know, to start off in their first couple of years, not have a contract and all of a sudden their business is shut down for whatever reason. So, but you, on the other hand, like you're, like you said, you're a sensitive guy, you're flexible, you're relational and things like that, but you also have the foundation of a solid, um, of a solid contract. Like if I'm not, because you even created what would you call it, the super contract that just kind of covers super contract, the <laughs> ultimate contract for uh, wedding videographers. There's a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, I mean the ultimate contract, and I think I think if anything else, like I think videographers at least have that spot to kind of say, okay, this is a talking point, and if you need to make adjustments, you can, and if, whether that be you know new adjustments to your contract or different verbal adjustments, um, that can be made. But I would really push for for videographers out there to have their butts covered um, going into these situations rather than not. And I feel like we're we're probably starting to get into the part of the episode where we're beating a dead horse a little bit, but I do yeah. want to read, you know, I did send my attorney an email the other day when I got a request from a client for a refund and I just wanted to get her take on it. She's somebody I respect and somebody who I think is um, a, a wise person. So I asked her for a little bit, bit of wisdom and her thoughts on the situation. Um, so I'm just going to read her reply to me. I basically let her know what was going on. I said, my client wants a refund. What would you do? And so here's the response from my attorney. She said, uh, the legal issues around refunding deposits with the virus are all over the place. There haven't been any judicial rulings on it yet, but there will be in about six months. So what we have now is more of a business decision and you hit the nail on the head with the issues. What I would do is tell the is tell them the contract is clear about the deposit being non-refundable. But being the good that guy that you are, you are willing to refund the portion that represents what has been unearned by you as far as work put into the project date. 
For example, if $1,700 equals X hours of work so far, and it's Y percentage of that $1,700, you could make a compromise and refund a portion, but retain what represents work already done. You can make something up for that what that work was. Uh, the non-refundable part is really to reserve a date so it's blocked off. You can probably figure out some portion of work performed. Now realize that some of these people, mean, she means the clients, uh, will be lawyers or know a lawyer or be related to a lawyer and you'll get some threatening letters. And that's if I were to you know, just stay firm with the contract of no refunds. If that's the case, you can make a decision on how hard you want to fight back uh, and consider the possibility of bad reviews. A lot of these cancellations, including the one that I sent her an email about, really bring out the violins. Uh, it's such crap. <laughs> she says, they are absolutely going to have that wedding. They'll just elope and do something on the cheap. That's what's going to happen. Some people will be creative and find ways to work it out. Most have lost income and now want to welch out of contracts. I'm just wondering if you shouldn't bring out the violins too and be the good guy, offer a portion of the refund, but not all, maybe half. So that's Man. what I did. I took my attorney's advice and uh, the client was uh, understanding, didn't throw a fit, didn't ask for more. And uh, yeah, so well, I'm out, all, your I'm your out a little bit of money. <laughs> she, she used the word crap and she used a little bit of poetry there. So I... I feel like you got a pretty cool lawyer. Yeah, man. I, I like her. I do like her a lot. Um, so, yeah. She deserves that's, a shout out. She does. Uh, Patty, love you. Love you. <laughs> I love you like a mother. <laughs> Thanks, Patty, for helping, <laughs> helping Michael. <laughs> so, yeah. For those of you out there who are wondering what what would an attorney say about that, and you guys can also go back a couple listen, uh, uh, a couple episodes ago. And listen to uh, Rob Shank. Uh, not Shank. Shank. Rob Shank. I said it like he's Rob in prison. Shank. Shanking people. <laughs> uh, he did. We did a whole episode about contracts and all that stuff a few episodes ago. But uh, now it's getting real. It's so real. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you Good got stuff, going man. on, man? Good stuff. Uh, you know, what do I got going on? That's a great, great, great question. You threw me off guard right there. Uh, I'm still working on on um, the LUT pack, man. I got the LUT pack out, launching that kind of like crazy, and um, so I'm excited about that. And just trying to find tr- trying to find creative ways to to build community and to book some more. Like you said, um, I think couples are trying to figure out what to do with this year and next year. And so I actually booked uh, two weddings this year for September just this last week. And that was kind of out of the blue just because um, another videographer had to shut her business down. And so it's just kind of been interesting walking through some of that stuff too. And, but yeah, man, just kind of tr- promoting for people that don't know about our love pack. You kind of go on Instagram and see uh, stuff at Aflatus. So that's spelled A-F-L-A-T-I-S. Uh, that's the Instagram handle or I've got a Facebook page. Uh, but I would just love to kind of hear from people. So if people have anything they want to send me directly, they can email me at adam at aflatus.tv if they have any questions about either LUTs or any other products that we're selling. Um, you know, it's just fun to connect with people and now's a good time to do it. So. And I know you got a pretty full week ahead of you too. So why don't you tell everyone what you got going on? 
Yeah, you know, this podcast is so hard to do remotely, man. You and I, we're, we're meant to be together, not so far apart. I hate the distance between us. Yes, we're getting closer, though. <laughs> we, are getting, now. we are getting closer. Uh, yeah, and once we're closer, this podcast won't be so ridiculously difficult to record <laughs> with a delay. Um, yeah, so yeah, that that your LUTs are available through the show notes as well. Also, the Ultimate Wedding Videography Contract, if you guys are in need of that. As far as what I've got going on this week, man, I'm finishing up my last edit, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, working on a couple tiny, tiny projects for uh, non-wedding clients, nothing really worth mentioning, and uh, that's pretty much it, man. I what think about I might, shaving? Is I'm not shaving. I'm not shaving. I'm not shaving. I don't normally shave until the day before a wedding. Right. So this could get really out of control <laughs> at some point. And it, just so people know, he's talking about the chest hairs. He's not talking about the beard. He's talking <laughs> yeah. about the chest hairs are getting way out of control, people. <laughs> yeah. That's not the only hair that's getting out of control, Adam. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that's a great uh, list, yeah. dude. Enough to keep you busy until, man, we get to get out there and get in front of couples again and do what we love to do. Absolutely. All right, guys. Until next time. Later. Cheers. Hey, guys. This episode of Wedding Videography School is brought to you by photographers wearing wide brim hats. Uh, photographers wearing wide brim hats is the nation's number one wedding photography company and for good reason uh, they are clearly the most creative most unique uh, individuals out there and their photography is so creative I can't even begin to describe how creative it is that's how creative it is if you guys are working with photographers who aren't wearing wide brim hats, then you're probably not working with the best photographers out there. So, um, you know, whether you're having a wedding, a birthday party, uh, or you're taking your kids to school, or you're hanging out at home or going to the bathroom, you know, all things that you want photographed creatively, um, it should be done by photographers wearing wide brim hats. A lot of you guys, I know you're working with photographers who aren't wearing wide rim hats. They might not be wearing hats at all. And um, that's a problem. If they're not wearing a wide brim hat, I don't know what the point of them even picking up a camera is. But when you work with photographers wearing wide brim hats, you know that you're always getting someone who's going to uh, give you the most incredible shots that you could imagine. So for your next event, whether it's a wedding, a birthday party, a family reunion, uh, your mom's pap smear, whatever the event, make sure that you hire photographers wearing wide brim hats um, to get the most creative still images captured, you know, one frame at a time. And that's what that's what photography is. It's, you know, you hear the click, click, and you know you got one frame. And then you hear another click. Sometimes you hear eight clicks in a row, like click, 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 click. Uh, that, they just got eight pictures. And maybe one of them is good. Probably not. But the photographer wearing a wide brim hat, they are going to call those photos later on. 
and you know really really select the eight or six shots that they got from the entire day um, that they stood in front of the videographer to get and they're gonna they're gonna edit those down into something truly magical probably um, probably just two eight by tens that you can put in the living room next to the closet door so give photographers with wide brim hats a call today and book them for your next event